Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 435. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Let's read our passage. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. It's a letter of correction. It's a letter that's trying to reel them back in, bring them more in line with the gospel that he taught them. There's a lot of problems in Corinth. He has heard issues of factions of people following one leader or another, puffing themselves up. They're full of pride, thinking themselves very wise and full of knowledge. They've got a lot of sinful behavior that they're not dealing with. And a lot of questions and a lot of concerns that uh, some they raised in a letter to him. Now, Paul's speaking to him about spiritual gifts. And he raises the issue now concerning spiritual gifts at the beginning of chapter 12. I do not want you to be unaware. And the problem seems to be that they're very caught up in the gift of tongues. And it's become quite a problem. So Paul began, we looked last time, verses 1 through 3 of chapter 12. And the bottom line there was the proof of the work of the spirits, the content of speech, not the manner of speech. So just because someone is speaking in a strange, unusual way, that's not evidence of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is what is being spoken. So now he's diving into a little more of the idea of the spiritual gifts as we would understand them. In verse 4 he says, now there are different gifts but the same spirit. His point he's starting to make here is diversity within unity. That there has got to be unity within the body of Christ. Unity within the church. And we've always seen that this is a problem. They're having a problem with unity. But yet, there's got to be diversity. The Lord brings a diversity. And they all seem to be claiming to have this gift of speaking in tongues. And Paul's saying, that's not diverse. The, the Lord works with the diversity in unity. So he talks about different gifts, but the same spirit. So the different, the diversity, but the same spirit. That's unity. Verse 5, there are different ministries, but the same Lord. So different, diversity, same Lord, unity. Verse 6, there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. They in different, diversity, same God, unity. If you just read through this real quickly, you, you may miss this. But what do you see here? You see verse 4, spirit verse 5, Lord. And we know whenever Paul says Lord, he means Jesus Christ. 
and then verse 6, God. So here you see the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God the Son, and God the Father right here together as he's talking about diversity and unity. Now, his point's not so much the unity of the Godhead that's understood and not at issue. The point is a diversity. Even among the persons of the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there is a diversity, but yet absolute perfect unity. So he's using the Trinity as an example to talk about this idea of diversity within unity. Verse 7, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. We then get into this list of spiritual gifts. But notice he doesn't say gifts. He, he did earlier in verse 1 and verse 4. But here he refers to them as manifestations of the Spirit. The Spirit working in the people. So it's not a gift that people own. It's a working of the Holy Spirit. So, how does the Holy Spirit work? And he gives this little list then. And the purpose for the common good. And this is going to go along with his big argument that he's making through chapter 13 and 14, is the purpose of spiritual gifts is for the building up of the church, not the self-importance of any individual person who may be gifted in a particular way. So the purpose of spiritual gifts is the common good. And it says given to each person. And it's easy to read that and think every person. That's not necessarily what he means here. This is not to say that every single Christian receives a spiritual gift. Now, I'm not saying they don't, but that's not what this verse necessarily means. What he means is he's talking about the distribution of gifts to each person that receives this manifestation. And his whole point here is the diversity, not all-inclusiveness. I personally believe the Holy Spirit does equip each person in a special way. But that's not necessarily what this verse is saying. But here, the big point here is the Spirit is giving these gifts to people in a diverse way for the common good, which is part of the idea of unity. Then he gives a list. And one thing to remember here, this is not the official list. Paul's just giving examples. He's just rattling off some examples of much as if somebody said, well, what are some things that happened in the church? And you just rattled off the top of your head some things you see. Not that he's just doing it randomly. There's intentionality with a lot of this. But this is just some examples, several examples. And he does give several because he's talking about the idea of diversity. There's not three gifts and everybody has all three gifts. No, no, there's a diverse group of gifts given diversity within unity. So he goes through and begins, verse 8, to one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Now, why does he start with these two things, wisdom and knowledge? And be careful there, because sometimes you talk about the gift of wisdom, or the gift of knowledge, but notice it's message of wisdom, message of knowledge. Now remember, wisdom and knowledge are a couple of issues that Paul's already been dealing with in the church of Corinth. They think they're wise, and Paul challenged that back in chapter 2 about 
earthly wisdom versus spiritual wisdom. And they're caught up in their earthly wisdom. And Paul was telling them they're not wise at all. And we saw knowledge crop up in chapter 8 when he was talking about going to the pagan temples, that they're all filled with knowledge. They know about pagan temples. They know about God. They know that idols are nothing. They know stuff. They have knowledge. So I guess why Paul begins with wisdom and knowledge because that's what they think they have. That's what they think they're big on. And so he begins bringing that back to spiritual issues. The Holy Spirit is the one who really gives wisdom that counts. The Holy Spirit is the one who really gives knowledge that counts. When we start looking at this, and everybody always wants to know, what's my spiritual gift? And people have devised all kinds of spiritual gifts inventories to help you determine what your spiritual gift is. The trouble is... Several of these, like these two, we don't really know what he means. So how would you determine if you have this gift if we don't even know what it means? Bottom line, you can't unless you really know what Paul means because a message of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. Does that mean speaking wise things? Or does that mean speaking things with a background of being wise? And what does that even mean? What's it look like and how would you measure it? I don't think you really can. But the idea there is the Holy Spirit equips people to do things in wisdom. Same thing with a message of knowledge. Is he just talking about knowing stuff? Is he talking about inspired teaching? Is he talking about supernatural knowledge of things that have happened? We don't know. And anybody who thinks they do know is just making it up. The bottom line there is, so how would you ever know if you have this gift? Because... We don't even know what it means. And that's okay. The point here, Paul's just saying, the Holy Spirit gives knowledge to people. Then it continues, verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit. Well, don't we all have faith? Doesn't the Holy Spirit give faith to everyone so that they can believe to salvation? Or is this speaking of some kind of exceptional faith? And what, how would that play out? And what would that look like? Is it just a matter of people who really trust God? And what, how's that work? Again, it's, it's hard to say. You could come up with a scenario, but you're just going off of a couple of words. He continues in verse 9, to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. Now, healing's really actually pretty easy to understand, and we see a lot of that in the Bible. Miraculous healing. One curious thing here, those gifts is in the plural. That mean each act of healing is an independent gift, so you may not have the gift of healing, but be gifted for a supernatural healing whenever it's necessary. And Paul's point here is not to explain spiritual gifts, not to give a tutorial of spiritual gifts. His point is correcting their attitude about things. Then verse 10, to another, the performing of miracles. That's pretty uh, easy to understand. But what actually does that look like? We hard to say. To another prophecy. A prophecy? Some people want to say, well, preaching is the modern day equivalent of that. And I don't think so. Prophecy is the inspired speaking of a message given by God. We look at the prophets throughout the Bible. That's what they do. They speak to the people of God with a message of God. And it's not a, a 
prepared sermon. It's a message that God has given. We're also warned, be careful about people claiming to speak a message from God. And I think that's what this next one actually is, to another distinguishing between spirits. I think he's actually linking that back to prophecy. Is this really a message from God, or is it not? Then, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. And this brings it down to the last one mentioned here is tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And that seems to be the problem area in Corinth. Now, many of these are never going to be mentioned again. Some will crop up a couple other times, but again, just as a mention. Prophecy in tongues, he's going to speak a lot about in chapter 14. So we'll speak more about the, the details of prophecy in tongues as we go through chapter 14. So to determine what some of these gifts are, there's not enough here. Unfortunately, people have written a lot about determine if you have these particular gifts. And the problem is they're generally making up their own definition of them and how that would play out and how you would determine it. He wraps it up here in verse 11, this section. One and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. Here he's speaking to the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the one who determines this. Holy Spirit's the one who makes this happen. And each of these is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So it's not that you've been empowered to go do your own thing. It's doing these things as an actual working of the Holy Spirit through his people. And remember, this is not the list. In fact, we take all the individual lists and put them together and come up with a list. Which list do we include? And there's even some things out of the Old Testament where the Spirit equipped people to do things. Are those part of the lists? And I understand the desire. People want to know What's the Spirit equipped me to do? I take more of a simple approach to this. These are just some examples of how the Holy Spirit works with people. These are manifestations of the Spirit, where each of these instances and each working of these is an example of the Holy Spirit working through his people. And I just like to say that the Holy Spirit equips people to do what he's called them to do. Because we really can't do a whole lot, even though sometimes we get away with it, of doing things for God in our own strength. And that's where we're just doing things in our own strength. God doesn't need us to do things in our own strength. What he wants us to do is participate in what he is doing. And the neat thing is he then equips us to do what he's called us to do. Now, we call that spiritual gifts, where the Holy Spirit gives us a gift to do what he's called us to do. I like to think he equips us to do what he's called us to do. He's called people to do a lot of things. And some of them are more showy as far as gifting goes. Some of them are more background. People are gifted in administration and dealing with people. Others, it's more of the miraculous kind of things. But the point here is that the Holy Spirit equips people to do what he's called them to do. So if you want to know what is your spiritual gift, how has God equipped you? Well, one thing to look is, well, what have you been doing and how's it been working? Quite often other people could be the ones to tell you this. Generally, the other people around you who've seen you engage in ministry can say, you know, you're really good at this. Now, what's the difference between a natural talent 
and a spiritual gift. I like to think that the Holy Spirit often brings some of those together, that something you're pretty good at already, he can then use and focus on proclaiming the gospel, focus on care for the people within the body. This whole section on spiritual gifts here in 1 Corinthians, this is the biggest treatment of spiritual gifts we have in the Bible. But it's not meant to be a tutorial of spiritual gifts. It's meant to be a corrective for people who are getting it all wrong. So be careful. We don't fall into the same trap that the Corinthian church had fallen into of focusing so much on the spiritual gifts that we forget the one who is the giver of the gifts. And if we love God and follow God, then the Holy Spirit does work within us. And those that we're administering with will see that. And they'll give us feedback on where we're gifted and what we do well at. And so sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeves and jump into various ministries and see what works and what doesn't work. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit equips us to do what he's called us to do. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.